0: Hey there, and welcome to the Agency Rockstars podcast. I'm Dana Lindahl, and I'm the founder of LegendaryLeadGen.com, where we help B2B companies become authorities in their industry, set more sales appointments, and convert those appointments into more sales. We also help other agencies sell our patented process on to their own clients, and we truly believe in the value of building and creating relationships, and in that being the main driver of new sales for agencies. So. Stick around to the end of the show. We're going to be revealing how you can be our next guest on one of the fastest growing agency podcasts on the planet. All right, let's get straight into it.
1: All right, rock stars. Welcome back to the show. Joining me on today's stage is yet another rock star. No surprise there with agency rock stars, right? Uh, my name is Dan and joining me on stage is Mike Kras, who is the CEO of MKG marketing, uh, which, and I love how you write this Mike in your, in your LinkedIn bio, a digital marketing agency of experts who help tech and healthcare brands grow big. That sounds very exciting. Like you got some rock stars there on your team. So Mike, welcome to the show.
2: Thanks for welcoming me to
1: your stage. Absolutely. Now it's time for your guitar solo. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I'm a big rock and roll fan. And so like this opportunity to have an agency rock star show, uh, I couldn't pass up. So if I have some really dumb jokes about stages, that's why. (laughs) But anyway, um, so Mike, uh, I mentioned MKG Marketing. Uh, How long have you been in the agency world and how did you get there?
2: Been in the agency world... Uh, prior to founding MKG uh, in total for about, I guess we're at about 11 11 or 12 years now. And uh, I got there a lot of the same ways that folks that I know got into agencies. They knew somebody, uh, just happened to know a guy who was in my fraternity in college. And he said, hey, if you come to Los Angeles, I'll make you a paid intern for the summer. So I graduated from college. I bought a car and I drove to Los Angeles. And on the way, I rented a place on Craigslist for the next 120 days. That's that's how I got into the agency world. And uh, I would probably recommend thinking about it and and having a place to land before you actually move uh, You know, to a whole another part of the country. But that's probably a different podcast.
1: <laughs> right, right. Yeah. But a, a summer, a paid internship for a summer in LA, I mean, you can't go wrong with that, right?
2: Yeah, it was pretty fantastic. And the best part is I went and bought this car, right? I was so proud of myself. Look at me, I'm an adult. And then I could walk to the office and I walked to the office every day. So I I kind of looked at this old, uh, you know, bucket of bolts and I was like, man, I never should have bought this car because I just walk everywhere here, <laughs> which is a very un-Los Angeles thing. If you live in LA, you're like, this guy, you know, walked to work. You, you must live, you know, right there. And I, I really did. It was about a 10 minute walk. That's awesome.
1: Very cool. And so then, so now, now you run your own agency. How did that evolve? turn out for you? Like, why did you want to run your agency? What kind of folks do you help? Let's talk about your agency, about MKG.
2: Absolutely. So, you know, our, our big aha moment was, uh, for Carrie and I, she's my business partner. We were working at the same agency at this point. I had matriculated back to Seattle. The car became useful. So it was a good investment. Um, and, We had this client who invested a ton of money in this last second Q4, you know, holiday push campaign. And at the end of it, you know, we're in January, February, we have this big call with the the global heads of marketing. You've got people from France and Asia and Germany and Africa, all over the place. I'm, uh, I'm 24 years old. Why they let me speak to all these people is beyond me. Anyways, I'm speaking to these folks. And one of them asked... And he had to be from Germany. Now that I think about it. How much money did we make on this campaign? And I, I said, well, sir, you know this you positioned it as a branding campaign. Your goal was to reach a new market with some of your new products. and he he was like a dog with on his bone. you know, he just said, "No, no, no, no. I didn't put money into a branding campaign. And uh, so we we had this aha moment of, you know, we had everybody in North America aligned, but we didn't have all the global stakeholders that put money into the treasure chest to fund this project. We didn't have all of those folks aligned on what the purpose of the campaign was. It was a pretty embarrassing meeting. We got out of there and Carrie and I were like, I never want to have a meeting like that again. And the more we talked, the more she said, You know, I, I think I'm more interested in performance marketing. And I said, I love performance marketing. You know, I, I wish all of our clients here did that. And there was that. Awkward dynamic silence where you kind of look at each other and you're like, "Well, if we had our own clients. We could just pick clients that like performance marketing, and and that's how MKG was born." So we we went into it wanting to be able to measure as best we could the business impact from all of our marketing activities. And so you know we we got our first client. It was Box, the the cloud storage company. Uh, oh, wow. That was back in the heyday when. Uh, Aaron and his his co-founders couldn't do anything wrong. I mean, these guys could print money. They'd walk into a VC's office and the VC would hand them you know, a briefcase full of gold bricks and be like, get out of here with this and take our money. Um, so they were a great client to use as a case study. And we learned, even though I knew the power of case studies and ex- essentially explaining how you've done things for other clients, I didn't realize how powerful it was until we got a client like that that was at the height of their popularity. They were growing fast. Everyone wanted to work with them. Dropbox was considered the stodgy competitor. They were like the young, cool, hip. You know, they were. We couldn't have picked a better client to start, and and uh, that's how the agency got started uh, all those years ago.
1: And you mentioned how important story is. Um, does it? And, and it's interesting that you equate it to them being an up and coming. You know, story uh, or an up and coming client that has a great story. Does the client? matter as much as the story itself? Like, should it be a big brand that everybody notices or just is it the story and the data?
2: Well, I'll only speak for myself. For me, we like to work with clients that are growing fast and who want to grow big. And the, the excitement with those clients, whether they're driving towards an acquisition or they're raising more money or they eventually want to go public... You know, the story becomes incredibly important and it's underpinned by the data, right? To get to where they want to go, they need X amount of widgets sold. Mm -hmm. To get X widgets, you need Y meetings. Y meetings turns into Z, um, you know, proposals sent. And I I realized with my alphabet here, I actually did all the sales (laughs) funnel backwards, but you probably get the point of the story around... Is this company innovating? Are they trying to do something big and bold? That actually helps us a lot in our marketing. It's almost an intangible that you can't measure. It's that thing that says, like, it's the difference between Jeff Bezos' rocket ship company and Elon Musk's. Jeff Bezos arguably does pretty well for himself. Um, Elon Musk can go on an app like Clubhouse and crash it. And Jeff Bezos never would. But there's that excitement around anything Elon wants to do, right? He can lose money for years and still have stock trading at four or $500 a share. I mean, it's it's crazy how much uh, the story brings him forward. So, okay. you know, now that I've talked around it a little bit, I would say uh, when faced with the decision like you just gave me, I I choose both. It's about the data and the story. But the data just tells you how. The story is more the why. And so we love to be involved with, uh, with brands that have that strong why story. And it it probably dovetails into the fact that we're a values led organization. We really love our values. We've got three core ones and we talk about them all the time.
1: And how, how big of a, of a, of a factor are those in your growth for both clients and the team side?
2: Well, they frankly are critical you know when we have a values misalignment with a client where they're expecting things that we have been very clear and have expressed that we do not do right we're not a full service agency we we specialize in paid media SEO analytics and account and digital strategy like that's the four things that we do and we do them for tech and healthcare brands just like you mentioned at the start so if there's a misalignment with our values that's when i get involved And I start asking some of those questions around, do we need to work with this client anymore? You know, can we start having some conversations with them that are going to be uncomfortable that lead us to realizing, hey, is this going to work in the long term or not? And, you know, our our values are really critical. That's an external example. Internally, our values are critical because we decide using the values, if after your first 90-day trial, we always do a 90-day trial full-time with all of our employees when they start if you're going to stay around or not, are you living up the values? And on the flip side, are we honoring the values for you, right? It's not a one-way street, right? We work together. And if one of those things isn't happening, I can guarantee one or both parties is going to be pretty disappointed.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That makes sense. And it's it's good to hear too, that you're having those discussions and it is both ways. It's an omni or it's a, a bi-directional conversation. Um so speaking of clients, Mike, uh, what's a favorite story that highlights a specific way that you have been able to serve those clients that you love working with?
2: Yeah, I, I think that a good example might be with one of our security clients up in Seattle. Um, you know, we we work with these brands that are growing fast and they do have marketing headcount, right? So we're not the outsourced marketing department. We, we really rely on them having those internal stakeholders to help with traffic control and all kinds of other things. Hmm. And I remember uh, this this brand is growing really fast right now. And about three years ago, they lost their lead analyst. You know, for the whole company, they had like one analyst. And it was one of those blows that when he left, it just took the air out of the room. Everyone's like, "Oh my gosh!" Did you hear that he put in his notice? And I'm like, this guy powers like ops, like product insights, marketing insights, sales, and like. Uh, I honestly don't really understand how he did all that work, to be frank with (laughs) you, (laughs) but he did. He was a Superman. He was Superman. And in terms of, you know, living the values, you know, two of our values are big picture and upholding the MKG standard uh, with a comma in between those two. And we, we went to the client. We said, listen, we can't do everything that he was doing, but we can at least help you on the marketing and sales side. We can scope that in. We can really you know, put our boots on alongside you and be an active member of your team. They, they actually gave our analyst a company email address because for security reasons, they couldn't give it to external parties, right? So they said, all right, like, if you want to get in the trenches with us, let's do it. Mm-hmm. And thankfully, they, they uh, hired that position. They backfilled it, which we didn't need to be in that role forever. It was more of we were the stopgap because we had all the institutional knowledge um, and we knew all their systems. And I, I just... I have an immense feeling of pride just retelling that story because it was one of those moments where everybody, the client included, was like, oh my God, what is going to happen next? And we were able to raise our hands and say, well, we can't tell you what's going to happen next for sure, but we can tell you that we'll put our boots on with you and we'll get in the, in the trenches and we'll work hard until we have a long-term solution. And it, it was one of those moments where the client still talks about that to this day on occasion. I'll be like, I remember when X, Y, Z left and, and you, you didn't hesitate. You jumped in. And it, it was one of those moments where actions speak louder than words. You know, I, I, couldn't say anything to put that feeling into them. It just the actions that our team decided to take uh, did that for us. Mm-hmm.
1: So what I love about that story, Mike, is that, you know, so often when we tell, tell our wins, it's about you know a, a growth, a, a win, a new market, something else. But that story is full of empathy and compassion, and teamwork and cooperation. And like, it may not have paid off right away. Maybe it did. I don't know. But like, it wasn't this up into the right hockey stick of growth that you blew everybody's doors off. This was a moment of compassion and caring for that client. Who is a a paying client? Like this is this is a business decision, but also just as humans, like, hey, we're here with you. When you describe putting the boots on and getting in the trenches, man, that gives me such a warm feeling. What a great win! What has that done for that relationship over the years?
2: Well, that relationship has been one of our longest standing clients. You know, this was. A couple years into the relationship, we had kind of gotten our noses in. We had done the whole land and expand thing. You know, we kept doing more and more for them, and their budgets kept getting bigger as the company was growing and their targets got higher. Um, but in terms of the actual relationship, it's probably one of a handful of stories that we can tell almost without words. Like, you can kind of look at, I could look at that client and be like, remember? And they'd be like, yeah, I, yeah. All they would say is, I do remember. Like yeah. that was one of it, it's a, a story that, and I'm being way over dramatic here, but it kind of transcends time and words. It, it doesn't need to be re-said or restated. It just is something that happened between us. And it's probably something we'll never forget um, to the point where we're still with that client. They're one of our best clients. People have left that brand and they've taken us along with them. And while well, they've never said, because of that one event, we brought you, I can't help, but wonder if, if that was still in their head of like, well, I know if everything goes to shit, these guys are going to put their boots on and right. they're going to come to work with me. And so we're all going to be in the muck together. And, and right. so it's, it's paid off many times over. Very cool.
1: I love that, you know, because people do leave companies as that, as their team goes out into the world, they bring MKG with them and that's just that in, and they trust you. Um, so, what are some of the, the biggest pain points that you're seeing with your uh, ideal client industries? I know you said tech and healthcare. What pain points are they facing right now in the marketplace?
2: Yeah, tech, I'll start with them. You know, the, a few things that we're seeing are talent, right? It's an all out war for talent. We're in the mm-hmm. middle of a global health pandemic and an economic recession, arguably here in the United States. I wouldn't tell any of our tech clients that they're having hard times filling jobs. Um, it's very competitive in some of those major markets. Uh, so talent, I would also say, uh, sifting through the static, right? the The easiest, this is my opinion, with zero data to back up, except for just my gut. The easiest group of people to sell things to, especially technology, are marketers, marketers and salespeople. And there is so much out there. Yeah, Dan's raising his hand right now. <laughs> yeah, yep. So the static there is just like I don't know. How does this fit into our stack? And how is it different? And is this is this an adjacent product, or is it going to try and come in and wipe out some whole other capability that we have? And um, so I think those two things on the tech side are really, really. Uh, they're just on everyone's mind. Hmm. The other is, or I'm sorry, transitioning onto the healthcare side. You know, we work with healthcare providers as well as you know, life science, pharma, um, those kind of brands. And on on the healthcare side, what we're seeing is how do I replace all of this in person stuff? Right? Healthcare is very personal. It's like money, right? Like why do why do financial planners exist? Because in 2021, people still some do but the bulk of people in America don't trust a robot to handle their life savings and make sure that they have money at the end of their life. They still want a person to yell at essentially, or to congratulate, you know, hey, you handled my money well, or you totally screwed me, you know? And so the their, the lack of in-person contact, that connection of person to person, I think is really hurting a lot of our healthcare brands. Um, and they're tr- they're getting very creative around how to still communicate with folks, but it, it's it's still not quite the same. And like money, health is personal. That's why people don't want to talk about it when they don't feel well, right? Because they don't they don't want to expose themselves that way. And so you know that's what we're seeing with a lot of our health brands is how do we how do we make this personal? And some of them are doing a decent job with you know telemedicine and um, you know, live demos over zoom, which you can only do so many zoom meetings before your eyes fall out these days. Yeah. That being said that it's just not the same as pressing the flesh and seeing somebody in person.
1: Right. Mike. I, I tell you, what, I've got, I've got one more question, but I just want to give you uh props. You are absolutely making me comfortable with MKG. I can imagine that your clients never leave. Maybe some of them do, but, um, such a, a great conversation! So much insight and kindness. Um, I want to make sure people can connect with MKG and with you. Where do you send folks to learn more about you or the uh, the agency?
2: Sure. So if you want to learn about the agency, just open up your internet browser and type in MKG period marketing. That'll take you straight to our website. There is no dot com. And in terms of reaching out to me, you know, I'm I'm kind of a power LinkedIn user uh, or an aspiring power LinkedIn user. <laughs> So my name's pretty easy. It's Mike Crass with a K, like karate. And you can just go and look me up. I live in New Orleans. So you just type in Mike Crass, New Orleans, and I'll pop up. I would love to connect with any of your listeners um, or other folks who have been on the stage before me. Absolutely.
1: All right. So Mike, here's the thing. Um, we are agency rock stars and rock stars are, you know, rock and roll is counterculture. Rock stars are a little bit counterintuitive. So here's my question for you. That's I love giving that background because that's because it seems like kind of odd, but I love this counter idea. Um, is there anything over the years you've learned or advice you've heard that's counterintuitive, but once you implement it, like you know, it just it has a massive impact on your business?
2: Yeah. So counterintuitive. Uh, this applies to both employees, consultants, you know, vendors that you work with, as well as clients. The first time you think about firing somebody, you should have fired him yesterday. A good friend of mine told me that. And it was more in relation to employees, because by the time it's burbled up through your subconscious and made it into your conscious mind, you've probably been thinking about it way more than you even realize. But Mm -hmm. the same thing goes for toxic vendor relationships um, and also unproductive. I won't use the word toxic. I'll use the word unproductive client relationships where for whatever reason, you are just not rowing the boat together. You're rowing against each other. And you're looking at that revenue as all your, you know, the rock stars listening to this show are, and they say, I can't possibly get rid of this revenue. I can almost assure you, you can get rid of it. And when you do, um, you'll be better off for it. So when it first comes to your brain, sure, you can sleep on it, but you should probably break up that relationship or at least initiate a conversation around why this isn't working to see if they feel the same way.
1: Yeah, It's amazing Uh, when... When you were talking about letting go of a client and letting go of that revenue, in my mind, I see holding onto something with closed fists, but once you let them go, your hands open up and what more can you receive, right? Um, yeah.
2: Totally. It's that abundance mindset, right? There is there is more business out here than MKG could ever do in a, in a lifetime, to be honest with you, from a digital marketing standpoint. It's yeah. out there. I just want to open my arms and pick up the right pieces of business with folks that really align with our values. Yeah. Yeah.
1: MKG Marketing, Mike Crass. go to mkg.marketing, as he mentioned. Uh, Mike, thank you so much for being a rock star in the world and for being on
2: Agency Rockstars. All right. I'm exiting stage left. See you later. Thanks for listening to the Agency Rockstars Podcast.
0: If you're an agency owner who would like to appear in this podcast, please visit legendaryleadgen.com podcast apply. Also, if you found this episode valuable, I would really appreciate you sharing it on social media. Even just a quick screenshot of the episode showing on your phone shared to social media would be great. If you truly enjoyed the episode, we'd also really love a rating in your favorite podcast player. Please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. And while you're at it, hit that subscribe button so you won't miss any of our upcoming episodes. Thanks again for listening. I'm Dana Lindahl, and if you want to connect, you can find me on LinkedIn. You can also find more information about everything we're currently doing at legendaryleadgen.com. Thanks for listening, and hope to hear from you soon.